do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Libro Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Libro Cubicalist. This show is like a journal where I talk about all the things, the things, also the things that my brain has consumed, so that they do not just sit up in that dusty attic and slowly drive me insaner. You may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I am warning of that possibility. Last, but least, in an idea stolen from John Gabris, I offer to you the following deal. Rate the podcast, this one, five stars in iTunes, and I will read just about anything you put in the review. Easy peasy Socrateasy. I will now push a button that will start a series of five uh, five minute timers like this ladies and gentlemen let's get ready to review some things Monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is C12H22O11 Puffs. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, if you are following along, which I have no doubt that you are, you long-time listener you, uh, you will know that uh, I have watched all of the Underworld movies for some reason. Yes, so we're finally on the last one. Underworld colon Blood Wars. God damn it. Okay, so one thing I'm upset about uh, is it that I wasted my time watching all these movies that aren't as good as I remembered? No, that, that's fine. The, they were overall, why don't I just give my overall Underworld rating of... Uh, I think I gotta go three for the for the series as a whole, which with if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, uh, three sort of right in the middle. Uh, had enjoyment while watching them, but wouldn't watch them again. That's that's how I sort of use threes. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But what what bugs me is I, I thought I was doing this and that's it. I'm done. I'm never gonna watch another Underworld movie again because I thought the last one was the last one. However, they did set up. Uh, the last one that maybe this will continue on. So, if they make another Underworld movie, I feel like after doing this, that it'll be like a responsibility to watch. So for that, damn you, Underworld Blood Wars, I give you a two. Yeah, taking a mark off. Damn it. 
<clears throat> okay, uh, next, a movie from 2006 that somehow I never saw, despite being a movie that looks like I should have seen, and that is Stranger Than Fiction. Oh. Comedy, drama, fantasy. Yeah, okay, I suppose that makes sense. Imda, thank you. In fact, let's read the Imda description, see what that tells us, because this is a bit of a weird one. Uh, an IRS auditor suddenly finds himself the subject of narration only he can hear. Narration that begins to affect his entire life, from his work to his love interest to his death. The uh, person being narrated upon sure is uh will ferrell so you know funny dude f uh, interesting premise and uh, i would say all in all good movie yeah i liked it uh rating wise I i'll go like a solid four yeah well oh, just seeing it was like two hours long which uh it didn't feel like that so that's, that's another good sort of mark for it uh you've also got which i didn't know he was in it oh what the fuck what is this order uh, Tootsie, what the fuck is that guy's name? Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman's in this movie. Has a fairly sizable role. Uh, had no idea what he was in it, so pleasant surprise there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, next moving on to a, a documentary called That Sugar Film. This is a film, as you can imagine, about sugar and how it has sort of permeated our foodstuffs. Uh, yeah, that's something probably anyone who pays any attention to news or food-related news knows about. Um, but to see how it happened, this does a fairly good job at, at explaining. So, uh, and, and it makes it interesting, as a good documentary should. And one thing I'm not sure if it does is, will you watch this and then cut sugar out of your diet? Will it scare you in that sort of way? Like, like should a documentary even do that? I don't know. That's another question. Uh, I don't know. But uh, rating-wise, debating giving it a four, but I feel like uh, I'm going to go three because I don't see a scenario where I would want to watch it again. So, you know there. Uh, next, we have Keeping Up with the Joneses. Ah, this was a pleasant surprise. Uh, I sort of went in with lowish expectations. I don't know why. It's just from the from the few trailers that I saw, it, it looked okay. It looked like, you know, Zach Galifianakis being a pretty funny movie. But uh, uh, perhaps because I went in with those low expectations, uh, it, it turned into much, much more than that. Uh, one thing you may not know if all you know is uh, John Hamm who also stars in this movie if if you only know him from like Mad Men you may not know that he's actually in real life a super super funny dude uh, you'll hear him on podcasts he's been on comedy bang bang a bunch of times a whole bunch of podcasts he sort of done this around and uh, he's actually very funny so to see him and Zach Galifianakis and Gal Gadot and, oh shit, what the fuck is her name? Amy Fisher? Did I get that right? Isla Fisher. All rolled into a movie in which uh, a suburban couple becomes embroiled in an international espionage plot where they discover that their seemingly perfect new neighbors are government spies. is going to be a pretty good time. Uh, watch this with the missus. And I think her as well, uh, sort of pleasantly surprised. Uh, quite a few laughs throughout, so keep being up with the Joneses, gotta give another solid four. 
Uh, okay, uh, here's an interesting one. As you heard, we're already out of time, so I don't really have time uh, to devote to it. Which is okay, because for the most part, uh, and this has come up before, I don't normally... Like, I watch a fair amount of stand-up comedy, but I don't usually bring it back and talk about it, because talking about stand-up specials in a movie-related section of a podcast, it's not really easy to do. Like, you you just say, yeah, they were funny. Or, yeah, no, they, were, they weren't that funny. Hmm. Like, what, what do you say? You're going to tell their jokes? It's a stand-up. You know what happens. Uh, but, but this one was a little different. Uh, it's uh, Ari Shafir Double Negative. Uh, he, I guess you would say he did two stand-up specials. Or did one and broke it up into two pieces is maybe more accurate. I don't know. Uh, one about sort of uh, children and uh, he doesn't have any of his own, <laughs> which is kind of good. Uh, I really liked his perspective just for the reason that uh, I don't have kids. I don't want kids. Other people's kids are fine. Having the thought of having my own is horrifying. And ugh. and he sort of shares that view, seemingly. So uh, it was like it was nice to hear the sort of other side of the story. Normally, comedians talking about children are talking about their own children. This is a comedian talking about just sort of the nebulous idea of children. Uh, so that was his first half or first special. And then he talked about like adulthood. Which, uh, also, very, very funny. Would highly recommend that. <laughs> go, like, uh, four or five out of five for that guy. <clears throat> Television talk. The... Poussey Memorial Library. Thank you for sponsoring this television talk. In which we're talking Oranges, The New Black, Season 5. Uh, yeah, I think what happened... Like, I feel like it wasn't so long ago that I just talked about Season 4. And I think what happened is Season 4 came and went and I sort of didn't know that happened. And then Season 5 came and went and I did know... So I like suddenly almost seemingly had two full seasons to watch back to back. So I, I think that's what happened. And, uh, you know, good. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, in, in the talk of season four, I remember uh, mentioning that I really loved the cliffhanger that it left it off. And uh, it does definitely pay off in spades. Uh, the cliffhanger being that, um, if you're unfamiliar with the show, uh, one of the uh, guards snuck a gun in. Apparently guards not allowed to have guns in prisons, which I, I suppose makes sense. Uh, and uh, then from that point on, and this is how it sort of really pays off, is there's kind of sort of kind of sort of for the entire season, for the most part, there's really no guards. Like there is guards, they're captured, uh, they're being held hostage, but it's as if suddenly you're in prison and then all of the guards are just not there. And you sort of, you're still not really allowed to leave, I suppose. Like no one, for the most part, tries to uh, escape because they have the place surrounded. So it would be hard to escape, I guess. Although they do a pretty shitty job at surrounding the place, now that I think about it. Anyways, um, so it takes a show where for the first four years... 
it was a fairly similar what's going to happen in your day-to-day -day life of the television show. And then suddenly, absolutely everything is totally different. So I think it allowed the, the writers and the actors and the, the, the whole sh the, the sort of show as a whole to explore things, stories that they never would have been able to touch before. So uh, very, very cool. Uh, raining wise for Orange is the Black is the new I'll go a solid four or five for the season and uh, I think that's similar to what I gave last season uh, kind of wish the misses had have carried on with me but after season three which wasn't great I guess like it didn't really hold hold you in as much as these ones did i i i feel like if she had continued on she would have found it the level of enjoyment uh, perhaps not on par with mine because her levels of enjoyment are never on par with mine <laughs> that's a different story all too together uh the hostage and uh holding everyone prisoner a lot of it revolves around them trying to get their rights back as far as uh, things that have been taken away with this big corporation taking over the prison. Um, that is sort of devastating at the end because there is a moment where, with sort of one exception, they're seemingly going to have all their demands met. And then sort of at the very, very end, everything is swept away. Um, and the, and the season sort of ends with, uh, some crazy shit, but, uh, crazy shit involving, uh, like a SWAT team coming in and trying to get everyone out, that, that sort of idea, which adds tension and frustration. A lot of, actually a lot of frustration in this, like a, a lot of things you think and wish were going to happen for these girls to sort of better their lives, uh, to only to have their, their expectations dashed and, uh, it's sad. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, moments of funny, like, uh, I'm looking at a picture now of where they burnt a, a, at a giant pile of Cheetos. Flaming Hot Cheetos, literally, is the name of the episode, which I like. Well, you know what? Some of these episode titles are, are good. Full Bush, Half Snickers, Tied to the Tracks, that's not great. The Tightening, The Reverse Midas Touch, Storm E Weather. That's not a joke at all. That's not a joke at all. Today's double movie monologue sponsor is Herbal Life Okja Smoothies. Okja. Okja. Okay, so uh, as I have just indicated, this is not a book banter, but a double movie monologue for the reason of long book, as will happen from time to time. Uh, I will say that uh, I have finished the book, and it will be in next uh, next episode, I will have an actual book, book banter, for uh, if you're following along, it's part two of a series that I can't remember the name of right this second. But uh, let's hop into this double movie monologue. Uh, movie the first is Locke, L-O-C-K-E. 
uh, this was a movie I had on my uh, Netflix list for a long time. And uh, luckily, Netflix added a new feature uh, where apparently it will show you when uh, movies are going to be leaving Netflix, which always bugs me that that even happens. Why does that happen? Contracts and money and such. You have to assume. Uh, so I, I saw that uh, this was going to leave actually today by the time I'm recording this. So I'm like, man, I really do want to see this movie. I've heard nothing but good about it. I better goddamn watch it. It was on a list of like movies that take place in one scene. I think that was where I most recently saw it. So uh, stars Tom Hardy and maybe the IMDA will help us. Uh, Ivan Locke, a dedicated family man and successful construction manager, receives a phone call on the eve of the biggest challenge of his career that sets in motion a series of events that threaten his carefully cultivated existence. Yeah, so that's something I can sort of feel the tension of throughout this. Uh, throughout this movie where it's Tom Hardy in a car by himself driving... Uh, while talking on the phone with various people, sometimes talking to himself, just having a real shit fucking time of it, basically. Uh, Rating-wise, uh, I think I'd go 5 out of 5. This is a movie that I uh, really, really loved and I think would bear re-watching. Um, so, that's Locke. Please have a look at that, why don't you? Uh, okay, so next one, watch this one with the misses, Betting on Zero. Uh, this is one of those documentaries that made, made me angry. Quite often, uh, the documentaries that make me most angry are the religious ones, sort of exposing religious just anything, because it's never good. Uh, but this one, uh, exposing something, but a, a little bit, bit different. Let's read the IMDA. Uh, Writer-director Ted Braun follows controversial hedge fund titan Bill Ackman as he puts a billion dollars on the line in his crusade to expose Herbalife as the largest pyramid scheme in history. So, uh, I, I think you do walk away r realizing that Herbalife... Uh, is wrong. <laughs> they are in the wrong. They are jerks, real jerks, uh, for the reason mostly that they are a period pyramid scheme, which if you're unfamiliar with, just know that in this particular case, a scheme that is bilking primarily, uh, can I say primarily? Okay, yeah, I will, just for the sake of argument, uh, bilking uh, Latino communities uh, targeting them uh, because if you are, uh, say, perhaps an undocumented Latino who's then schemed by this company and lose thousands of dollars, who do you report that to? Do you go to the cops with the possibility that you will then be deported? Like, what do you do? So that's the sort of sick thing that uh, this gets into and I don't like it so it made me angry uh that being said the movie does a good job of sometimes skirting the line where you don't know if herbalife is the bad guy or uh the guy i mentioned what's his name with betting the million dollars almost he's the bad guy because he's not a hundred percent 
uh, non-evil seeming. Anyone working in Wall Street, I, I think it's hard to make them non-evil seeming in a movie. Uh, so, uh, so, so that I like, uh, I think it's a movie you should watch. Yeah. Like I'm going to give it a three because I have no desire to watch it again, but I think it's a movie that one should see. Yeah. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Uh, okay. Next we have Okaja. How would you, I don't know actually how you pronounce that. O-K-J-A. Uh, this is a, uh, movie from Netflix, a Netflix created movie, no less. Uh, about a uh, young uh, Chinese, was it Chinese? Yeah, I think she was. Young Chinese girl who uh, befriends a super peg. <laughs> what the fuck? Anyways, it's a weird movie where, uh, again, an evil corporation, a herbal life corporation, you might say, uh, is trying to introduce new meat in the form of these pigs that seem sort of half pig, half hippo, uh, half human in terms of intelligence and facial expressions uh because i guess the world needs new sources of meat sure uh so evil corporation versus little girl with a giant pig creature is i guess how we could boil this down uh it was really good uh for some reason i, I think i saw a bunch of uh, positive reviews of it somewhere but i can't remember where uh, i will verify that those reviews are accurate and i will go ahead and throw in one of my own of four can i go five four-ish out of five uh last but not least is tracy morgan staying alive um similar to how i ran out of time in the first movie monologue i am out of time of this and similar how I don't talk about stand-up, uh, normally this is not exactly stand-up. I would more classify this a one-man show. Uh, the missus wanted to watch it. Uh, I know Tracy Morgan is funny in things that he is in, but I didn't think uh, this would be funny. I went in with very low expectations. Stand-up is a, is a very sort of specific art. This is not, I would say, stand-up. That being said, there was still quite a few laughs throughout. So does it matter that this seemed to be sort of billed as, uh, advertised as a stand-up special, but when in actuality it is not, I would say, uh, if you still get laughs, what's the problem, right? What's the problem? So for that reason, I'll go like a, like a three to some funny four moments. So there. Today's game, Gabin sponsor, is Aperture Science. Thank you for that. Uh, okay, so let's start off with uh, EDF or Earth Defense Force. 4.1, the Shadow War, or some other weird name. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, I finished it. Yay! Uh, and finished it and then started replaying from the beginning as a different character. So uh, I hadn't done that in a very long time. Uh, potentially this is a game that periodically I'll just pick up and play for a little while. So really that's impressive. Uh, just sort of that sentence alone to me is impressive. So 
uh, good on Earth Defense Force 4.1 colon the shadow something. I don't remember. doesn't matter. But uh, it was fun, and I do recommend 5 out of 5 for that game. Okay, so uh, moving on, and if I had to make a prediction, this will probably happen a fair bit going forward. Uh, where I will talk about various virtual reality experiences on my Oculus Rift. Uh, I did sort of one giant blowout Oculus special episode, but that didn't clear everything out by a long shot. So, as I experience new games or other things, they'll probably most likely fit into the Game Gabin segment here. So, uh, that's where we'll talk about them. Today, uh, this is one of the very first experiences that I knew about sort of beforehand uh, before I had virtual virtual reality I knew about this thing called the lab uh, it's from um, uh, valve so the makers of uh, half-life portal got a very strong uh, portal vibe um, a good sense of humor about it needless to say if it's got a strong portal vibe it's got a good sense of humor um, Valve and Portal in particular does comedy in video games, I think, better than any others, and I don't know how. Like, uh, I've spoken of comedy in video games and questioned why it's seemingly not impossible, but improbable. Uh, very infrequently do I laugh while playing video games, and I wonder why that is. Uh, why can't we get comedy writers involved with video games? Uh, I don't know. That being said, uh, this does have that. Uh, okay, so it's sort of, you're in a lab, and you sort of, uh, in virtual reality, of course, we're talking, so you can uh, walk around, uh, rather, you teleport around, which, I gotta say, that's sort of fascinating in itself, the fact that if you play a game and you are just walking around in virtual reality, uh, it has at least the potential, and has for me so far, uh, make you motion sick. Whereas, if you, say, point over to the corner, uh, push a button, and then teleport, and you're suddenly in the corner, no motion sickness whatsoever. I, I don't know what the, the difference is, why your brain is able to cope with that, where it can't with just normal walking, but uh, it's sort of a fascinating thing there in itself. Okay, so uh, what did I play within the lab? Uh, slingshot. Okay, so... Angry Birds minigame calibration. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that one was weird. Uh, yeah, I do have one gripe of that one. It took so long to load between. Uh, so, so basically, you're in a giant warehouse, like just fucking huge. Like can't even see, uh, like the bottom of it, and just giant stacks of boxes and exploding barrels and all sorts of weird stuff. Uh, and then you're using a catapult, so you'll sort of reach up with your hand, your actual real hand, and then pull on the catapult, um, and then release it, and then it'll shoot a ball into this warehouse, and you're trying to knock shit over. Uh, my only complaint was you would get five shots, and then you would have to start at the beginning, uh, and then you get another five shots. Now, the time between your first five shots and then it reloading was was like long so like i sort of lost interest just sitting waiting for it to reload so i did not care for that other than that fun little thing and these are all sort of fun little things i think is how you could describe them uh next one was called longbow 
an archery based motion game two controllers you and the ball okay so um sort of a tower defense sort of thing uh these little stickmen or stick men or stick women if you prefer are uh, trying to attack your castle wall uh, castle door um you're shooting them with a bow and arrow so literally in one hand you have a bow and the other you have an arrow uh, you'll put the arrow in the bow and you will pull back and when i say these things i mean with your actual real hands that you are doing these sort of motions by the end of it my hand holding the bow that was up uh, moving around the whole time was was like starting to get sore um uh, so good exercise i guess uh and, and it's sort of fascinating because you're you really have to figure out your aim of shooting a bow and arrow and it feels so real and accurate that depending on how much you pull back on your bow will definitely determine how far uh and fast your arrow will go uh I, d I think i did pretty good uh there's things around the level like say if you get a whole bunch of guys at once um and they're gonna attack your door maybe there'll be a, a red barrel you could shoot and that'll blow up and kill a bunch of them at once so cool stuff like that uh I definitely recommend that one next is zortex described as a bullet hell type game picking picking up spaceship okay so yeah this one was uh it was cool and sort of really a good example of uh off the wall thinking as far as what can be done in virtual reality so so picture this your hand uh is a spaceship <laughs> so uh you're in a in a 3d space um there's a spaceship that you will grab with your hand your hand then becomes that spaceship and then all around you uh, other spaceships are trying to shoot you with either bullets or maybe missiles and you're literally moving your hand pointing it at the spaceships so literally i would say say i would point my finger in a direction and there'd be a spaceship there and then my spaceship aka my hand would shoot that spaceship it's sort of hard to explain which is not uncommon for vr experiences in general um that one was really fun and just the possibilities and who even thought of that idea like pretty cool idea uh postcards she's at the top of the mountain yeah that one was just like a, a cool little techie demo thing oh benstown square careless latitude i think maybe i missed a few uh in this one it's called postcards uh, so I found myself on an Icelandic mountain and you just sort of uh, teleport around. That was the one kind of fun thing of that is uh, there's like this little robot dog that followed you to that one. And then there's like a few sticks lying on the ground. So I thought to myself, okay, dog. Uh-huh. <laughs> sticks. Uh-huh. So picked up a stick, threw it, dog would go get it and bring it back to you. Just like a dumb little thing like that really pulls you in more uh human medical scan yeah that one was probably i uh, did the least time in that uh there's like a, a ct scan of a real human being that you can sort of manipulate and explore and do cross sections of interesting 
but uh, but I did spend a lot of time on that one. Uh, the solar system, that one was pretty cool. Uh, you're you're in a representation of our solar system. The planets are zooming around the sun. Uh, you can interact with the planets, and by that I mean pick them up. Uh, so what do you do, of course? First thing I did, found the Earth, uh, picked it out of its orbit, and threw it into the sun. My only complaint there, uh, the sun, it, it's just sort of like a static thing, so nothing happens. It just sort of touches the sun and sits there. I was hoping maybe we'd go bloop, something like that. Uh, robot repair, that that's where the uh, valve portals comedy is probably the strongest in this one where you're uh in aperture science and you're tasked with fixing a robot uh to great comedic effect i will say uh, uh last but not least is secret shop yeah that one's cool too uh oh no no that's a different one secrets to number of spells of so very including shrinking the player model yeah, what was that one? Something with spells. Am I thinking of the right one? Uh, anyways, uh, th there's been a few magical type experiences I've had, so uh, they're maybe a little jumbled in my head. Okay, so of those, I think Robot Repair was the funniest. Zortex may be the coolest in terms of things I wouldn't have thought of in uh, VR. Uh, and Longbow the best in terms of gameplay yeah okay that's a good breakdown sure why not overall the lab though five out of five friggin awesome my my only complaint overall is i wish there was more of it Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Spaceship Portal Gun Dock Station. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, so uh, I, got, I got a nice first one here, uh, mainly for the reason that it took me a while to find something like this. Uh, you will know I have spoken of my love of various Dungeons & Dragons related podcasts, the first of which was probably Nerd Poker. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that must have been my first. And, and then I moved on to uh, the Adventure Zone, which is sort of uh, filled a hole in my heart that I didn't even know I had. Uh, I've done D&D um, &D is for Nerds. That one I still listen to. In fact, I've been saving up episodes uh, for like a month and change now, maybe even more, just because I want to have a whole bunch and listen to them back to back to back because I love it so much. Uh, and I've been experimenting and have over the years with different D&D podcasts. And I'm probably on a ratio of ones I've listened to and liked versus ones I've listened to and not really, I don't want to say disliked because they're still fine, but ones that I stopped listening to, let's just put it that way, uh, of about 50-50, if I had to guess. So when this uh, most recent one uh, I saw on a... Uh, some sort of blog posting of top D&D &D podcasts. Yeah, I guess that's where I saw it. Uh, when it uh, sort of uh, came into my eye hole, I said, okay, well, let's give it a try. And boy, howdy, and I happy I did. I'm freaking 
loving it. It is called Sneak Attack. Uh, I am on about episode 25 or so. There's a hundred and change, which is always uh, something I enjoy as well, is uh, the fact that I can go in and the way I use, I, uh, I say, these sort of podcasts, these D&D podcasts, is to fill the time uh, between my non-D&D podcasts. So, for example, uh, on a given day... Uh, I subscribe to enough podcasts to, at work, listen to four or five hours worth of podcasts. And then what do I do? It's not like I'm just going to sit in silence. It's ridiculous. So I need sort of a, a podcast with a lot of episodes that I can churn through during those extra hours of the day. And uh, I like to do it with a, with a D&D one, it turns out. So uh, Sneak Attack has filled that void greatly and it's going to be sad <coughs> excuse me it's going to be sad when i reach the last episode uh that's sort of bittersweet of being all cut up on a podcast mixed with knowing that uh they're still making them i know that because i i subscribe so i get all the new ones i just don't listen to them yet uh i gotta say the i love the dm i love the story i love the players uh, one thing that they have, which I think is something that is needed and actually lacking from some of the other podcasts that I have mentioned, D&D related, uh, you need a girl in there. Just, like, period. Uh, at, at least one. Uh, it, it does something to the play style and the interactions between the characters and the actual humans uh, that just amps it up to another level, so... Uh, overall, Sneak Attack, 5 out of 5. Uh, next, we have another podcast, Norm MacDonald Live, with guest David Letterman. Yeah, you know what? I've been seeing uh, David Letterman uh, sort of around lately. Uh, I don't mean that in the physical sense. I mean in my travels through the interwebs. Uh, I, I think he's he's retired still, obviously, but... Maybe he's sort of craving the limelight a little more, possibly. Uh, I, ho I hope so, because it's just sort of a fascinating individual uh, combined with super, super funny, much like Norm MacDonald, who I do believe and hope and pray is going to be posting uh, episodes of his podcast on a more regular basis, because this was the first one. It's got to be like a year. Like, it's been a long time since he's posted one. So uh, it's good to have anything back of this just period so many times during this podcast and i remember i was driving so i always say that one day a podcast will kill me because i'll be laughing so hard while driving that i will crash and die but it will be worth it <sighs> five out of five uh next we have funhouse watchman gta so funhouse as you know if you are a long time listener uh, is probably, if I had to guess, my favorite YouTube channel. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. So, uh, periodically, I will bring things back to talk about them. Uh, they play uh, GTA, Grand Theft Auto, on a regular basis. Uh, and then, while they do that, sort of different things will pop up. Most recently, it's been <laughs> that they've all uh kind of sort of uh dressed up as members of the comic book the watchman uh, when i say uh, kind of sort of <laughs> they've got a sort of loose interpretation of the watchman which is why it's fucking hilarious fucking 
Hilarious. I'm using swears. Uh, last but not least, yes, last but not least, the Science of Rick and Morty panel at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, yes, yeah, so, uh, from my perspective, San Diego Comic-Con just ended. From yours, it will be ended for a long time, because I will pre-record by a fairly chunky margin. Uh, anyways, uh, so any of the sort of science of Star Trek, science of Rick and Morty, science of things... Uh, I, I always like those. I was like sort of delving into how uh, they can take things in actual real world science and convert them to be interesting. And uh, that's not the, that's not a correct way to say it. it. It's it's taking the interesting things of science and put them into things like Rick and Morty and uh, Star Trek. Yeah, that, that's a much better way of saying it. You know what I just realized? Like, science of Star Trek? You're never going to really get a science of Star Wars. It'd be more like the magic of Star Wars. Yeah, I, I would allow that. Huh. Dig. Anyways, uh, so you had Dan Harmon. You had... Uh, oh, shit. See, this is what happens when you don't really have any notes at all. The other... Oh, fuck. What the fuck is his name? The guy who does the actual voices. Co-creator. Uh, Rick and Morty. Uh, well. What, is he gonna listen to this and yell at me? No, he's not. And if he did? Well, maybe he would do it in a, a Rick or Morty voice and it would be hilarious because he's a very funny person. Uh, they also had a writer and a couple of scientists who I do believe uh, may not work on the show, consult for the show. So, a uh, fascinating, fascinating panel. Uh, the host, the MC was... Oh, shit. See again? Uh, was a guy from the Nerdist channel who does sciencey stuff all the time. He does uh, the Muskwatch, uh, which I've spoken of uh, on this podcast a couple of times. D not Dan Casey, his brother. Uh, fuck! Man, this podcast was going so good, I feel like, and I really dropped a ball in this last segment. So, I'm going to end it. All? No, just the podcast. By saying, oh, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best 